I have to pick one. Um, but yeah, yeah camera's rolling. I'm uh, I came into town to uh, I'm going to a speaker school for two days, three days. To a speaker school to learn how to be a speaker. To this learn lady. how to be a speaker, a speaker yeah, a, in what? Just to fine-tune your speaking abilities. So, huh. it, it's uh, this lady named Mickey Williams. She's uh, probably like 80 years old or so. Okay. And she is one of uh, the best speakers probably in the country. She lives here in Naples. Oh. And my wife met her. My wife works uh, for a CEO coach, so she they bring her in to uh, train uh, CEOs to speak. Okay. And so my wife saw her about two months ago and said, you need to go to her school down in Naples. She has a school here. Has a school here. Uh-huh. It's like a three-day course. Okay. And you fine-tune your skills and it's more of like a you know I think I think people it's all about storytelling so mm -hmm. she's gonna help fine-tune your storytelling abilities and develop your what's your story about because people engage more in like the story about you than they do the actual material you're talking about, as it turns out, and you you work on your story, and then you get into kind of what you do and the gist of, of what you want to get across to people. I can I can Im imagine that. What I notice is that when you start telling a story, once you get in too much detail, people you lose, lose you. Them. You lose them. Yeah. Right. So the art is definitely also to, um, I guess, yeah, be be short or to be focused, I guess, on what you want to say, right. I suppose. This is so interesting. So can you say her name again? I'm going to write this down. I'm going to link another video to her school, if Mickey, you don't mind. Mickey Williams, M-I-K-K-I, Williams. Okay. Yeah, I look up her website. She's got a great and, uh, website, and she's pretty good at what she does, from what I hear. So, and how are you liking her classes so far? This I mean, is—I uh, I don't know her yet. I haven't met her yet. Oh, this so you're going to start? Yeah, I flew in today from Atlanta. Okay. And my wife's coming in tomorrow, and we're going to—she's going to hang out at the pool at the. At the hotel, she likes nice hotels. The reason okay. we're at the Escalante is because my wife wants to be at the nice hotel. That's where I picked you up. Yeah, that was so cute. I've it's a never actually. Boutique hotel. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. It's very cute. And um, right up her alley. Uh huh. So she'll hang out there, and I'll go to speaker school for three days. You go work. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you want to improve your speaking? Like, are you a manager or CEO of a company that you have? I, speak in front of public or um yeah I do a lot of impromptu speaking so in my line of work 
I could be engaged with a big audience of, mm. you know, anywhere from 25 to 80 people, and then I'm engaged okay. with like two or three people or uh-huh. five people. So I do mediations for a living. Mediations, what is yeah, that? Yeah, personal injury cases. So people who are catastrophically injured in accidents. Okay. Um, we put together all sorts of different settlement packages to help folks to avoid uh, going to trial and risk uh, a good outcome or a bad outcome depending on what a jury would award them. So right. we do what's so you're trying to make a pre-trial deal with the, uh, mediations yeah, yeah. to help people settle their case rather than go to trial, get an unexpected verdict. Could be good for them, it could be bad for them. Yeah, right. So we take a little of that risk out of the equation, give people a combination of cash, and then I come in to put together like a needs-based approach to settling their case where they may need you know think of somebody that's catastrophically injured in an accident mm-hmm. they're instantly retired right right so they're not going to go back probably not going to go back into the working world or maybe they lost maybe you've got a widow that's got kids she's got to raise put them through college right they need certainty in their life and safety right right and so that's where I come in I put tax-free annuities together that are with you know the top-rated life insurance carriers in the world. Huh. But so, who hires you? Is that the insurance company or the it's the victim? A little bit of both. So, oh, okay. my main clients are, you know, insurance carriers. I have a lot of plaintiff attorneys that call me in that I've gotten to know over the years doing this. I've been in this business about 22 years, so oh. I know. You're a you're lot of pro at it. I don't know if I'm a pro, but. They've kept me around doing it for a while. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) They hadn't told me to get away yet. Seems like a a difficult uh, thing to do, though, because you meet a lot of catastrophic uh, injuries, uh, which ruin people's lives. And then to settle that... And life has changed a lot, yeah. Yeah. So you've got to have a lot of empathy. Yeah. You've got to kind of approach it approach it holistically where you're looking at their life what they need Um, because you know it's not about just the investment it's about what it you know they want to put their head on their pillow at night knowing like they've got this income coming in they can always rely on it for as long as they live right that's what I put together right now, is that the same, like, if I get into an accident, it de- does that depend a lot on whether it's my fault or not? Yeah. Like, if it's my fault yeah. that I create the accident and I get injured for life, yeah. even though it's my own fault, yeah. I, I, I don't get anything to settle in court. So this is only for the people that were victim in a, in a crash? Well, you've got... You've got what's called contributory negligence. Mm. So you may be the victim of the catastrophic accident, but if you contributed to the negligence of the accident, say you ran the red light and you end up catastrophically injured or in a wheelchair the rest of your life, 
Um, you know, hopefully you've got insurance to help you out, but right. your recovery in that situation, unless the person you hit ran the red light or was some due to their negligence to some degree, mm-hmm. um, you might not get anything. It's your fault. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. But so, if somebody runs a red light and hits me and I get injured for life, then if I don't agree with how much his insurance or my insurance is paying me, I go to a lawyer and then the lawyer finds you to yeah. help me get a better deal. Well, it, and it also depends on who hit you and what level of insurance they have, what level of insurance coverage they have. Yeah, yeah. So I always tell people, you know, I carry a substantial level of underinsured motorist coverage on my policies. Mm-hmm. I carry, um, you know, if somebody has no, like, there's people running around here with no insurance. So. But that's illegal, un, right? Un, yeah, it's, no. but it's called uninsured motorist coverage. Yeah. You want, you want to make sure you have some of that. Yeah, I do. Um, especially with what you do. You know, well, Uber actually, it's so that the moment you step in the ri- uh, and I'm on a ride with Uber, uh, Uber is, insures the ride. Yeah, I, I do Uber cases as well. Yeah. <laughs> they're, so. one of the, we're, they're one of the insurance. Well, we do cases for, on behalf of Uber, we get involved in some of their work, some of their oh, litigation yeah. to help them oh. settle cases when... I mean, they've got how many Uber drivers do you have out there? Yeah, there must be millions. Yeah, I mean, uh, so there's stuff that happens, you know. I bet. Yeah, no matter how, how much attention I pay, still I find myself sometimes making small mistakes. And so far, so good. Um, we all do as drivers. Well, you saw me cross crossing that street over there. I was standing and I realized, wait, this is actually too small. Right. And a good thing that there was no traffic coming, but it was actually a small mistake. Now, if traffic would have been coming, I would have been stuck over there and I would have caused... When you were trying to turn left at the big exactly. intersection? Yeah. Right. At, yeah. At the big intersection, right. Yep. I should not, I should have waited and on the street. So you had to clear on both sides. Clear on both sides and then go for it, right. exactly. But I thought, well, on the left nothing comes, so I can go to the middle of the road and then wait for the next lane to clear. But then when, once I was in the middle, I realized, well, this is very tight. Right. And yeah, those are the worst left-hand turns or the worst. UPS will not let their drivers make left-hand turns. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that is interesting. Are you serious? That's right. UPS will not make drivers make Their drivers are forbidden. Turns. You will get fired for making left-hand turns. No. Yes. At an intersection. You have to go right. And so you, if you need to go left, you cross the street first. You go and then you make go, the long block. You make the loop around. Go a block around. Yep. I had no clue that that was. And that is because so that makes less accidents. For they them. study accidents. They study traffic patterns. They have one of the best safety um, uh, rules and department. You know their safety department is bar none, and they 
they put a lot of investment in avoiding accidents. Well, of course, that's their business. Yep, and so they have a lot of rules for their drivers. So they, sp they spend a little extra on gas and tires and maintenance? Absolutely. Uh, but because in the long run, they're, they don't want to injure anybody. They, you know, accidents happen. They have, a, you know, close to 100,000 trucks on the road every day. So. Right. That makes a difference. When you Such have that role. much volume out there, you have to do the things to mitigate. Mike, you're an interesting guy. <laughs> yes. It's uh. That is that is makes sense. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. And so. Hmm. They do a lot of telematics, so they have telematics on all their trucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they study telematics with uh, some of the best law firms in the world on avoiding accidents. So, but also you're saying that a left-hand turn is is one of the most common causes for an accident. Yeah. It's where people make mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know statistically, I would imagine it's up there pretty high. Yeah, yeah, okay, I thought you would know that, but okay. You know? Yeah, it is definitely more difficult than a right-hand turn, although with a right-hand turn, if it's night especially, it's sometimes difficult to gauge how fast is that car coming, do I still have space to just go through the red light? You're also not crossing the oncoming traffic lane yeah that's when, true. You're do, when you're doing a left-hand turn you're crossing over the oncoming traffic yeah you might and you might not see i mean most drivers think about people on motorcycles like the big the, most of the accidents i've done when somebody's been on a motorcycle is somebody turning left and just doesn't see them they're so looking for a car yeah. right they're yeah. not looking for a motorcycle yeah. or a bicyclist. Hmm. They're not yeah. looking for a bicyclist. They're looking for a car. They just don't, people just don't see them. Yeah. That's why I'll never get on a motorcycle again. Mm. Are you used to drive? I had one back in the day, but yeah. you know, I'm yeah, me too. doing this job. I've learned <laughs> that I don't ride my road bike on the street anymore. And I don't, I don't, You'll never see me on a motorcycle. And here in Florida, it's not required to wear a helmet. Oh my God. I, I mean, know. can you believe it? And you see them driving in a t-shirt, shorts, flip-flops, and no helmet. Flowing. And then with the hair in the wind. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it's a great feeling, but geez, don't you love life? You know? Well, you um, know, it's not, it's not only, you know, can't be defensive enough on a motorcycle, right? Somebody's right. gonna, you know, I, did, I always say, I tell my boys, I'm like, it's not, it's not if you get in a wreck, it's when you get in a wreck. Well, on a motorbike, it's not if you get an, an accident, but when you get an accident. Just when you get it, because right. your ticket's punched at some point. Yep. Um, and, are you, you know, in that wreck, are you gonna survive? Or are you gonna lose a, a limb? leg right. an arm you know some, something catastrophic is going to happen to you well it doesn't have to be catastrophic right i mean yeah, i drove I mean, a motorbike for years and i had a few little accidents and uh but well, thanks you get to, lucky 
yeah. you get you know, I, th I think I was a very defensive driver and I, I kept a lot of distance with the car in front of me and but I misjudged and yeah I still hit him um, but very softly but yeah, yeah things do my, happen yeah I was in my 20s when I had my I bought him mm -hmm. I bought a motorcycle in my 20s and I was in a different line of work and yeah I remember one Sunday morning, I was uh, on a backcountry road going to meet a buddy to go to um, some kind of flea market thing they wanted to go. It's just a reason to get out and ride, you know, and get off the main roads. We, we did about a 50-mile ride, and I'm going to meet him Sunday morning, and this little old blue hair was going to church, and uh, I saw her. She looked at me, looked left, looked at me, looked left, and she was looking at me, and I was looking at her because I knew she was turning left out of her driveway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as soon as I got to her, she just didn't see me. Yeah, it, it and did. yeah. She just didn't. I mean, I thought she saw me, but she just didn't. It was in the morning. It was a little foggy. She pulls out like right as I'm coming past in front her. of you, and wow. it was. I just remember almost like closing my eyes because I had just enough room between her car and the mailbox that was on the other side, uh -huh. and I and I knew I, I had my handlebars, and I'm like, oh my god, if I either hit her car or this mailbox, and somehow I missed both, and I came and I got back on the road with your eyes closed. I, you know, it was just <laughs> one of those things. I'm like, I'm I'm about to. A dead man here yeah and I pulled back on the road and she was you could tell she was frantic at that point she didn't see me and I looked back at her and I you know I knew she didn't see me so it was not much I could do I just kept going I get up to the road and I'm almost shitting my pants yeah but off the side of the road and I turned around I got my I got everything together and and I turned around, I took the bike home, and I parked it, and I, and I put it up for sale. I put it up. <laughs> the next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. The next week, yeah. And I guess I sold it to a girl. Uh -huh. <laughs> wow, okay. She came and bought it. Yeah. And uh, that was the last time I ever got on a motorcycle. And that was the last time you got Absolutely. on a motorbike. Yeah, that, 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 that was a close encounter. <laughs> yeah. As you say. I had... Something similar happened once on the bicycle. I was riding my bike in the Netherlands and from there and this guy comes out of another street and he looks at me. We have eye contact and the moment I'm in front of him, he pulls up and then he declares that he didn't see me. Right. But I remember having eye contact and because I had right away and I thought that he'd seen me, I thought I can just go. Right. And so sometimes it's like people look at something but they're not registering what they're seeing exactly and that's what happened to you that's what happened you, to you me. saw the lady lady saw you but it didn't register in her brain she wasn't looking for a motorcycle exactly oh i see i got your she point was looking for a that's car a, or a truck yeah. or something she wasn't looking at looking for me yep so it's so funny yeah, how that works yeah 
Yeah, I got a couple of small little accidents with the motorbikes and it always, once uh, I just got touched over, barely, but I hit my head hard on the pavement, but I was wearing a helmet, so the helmet cracked, but my yeah. head was fine. Um, but it taught me that you, you gotta have your helmet on, no matter how slow you, you ride. But in yeah. the U.S. there's so much debris on the highway, right. that spooks me a little bit. Where are you from? I'm from the Netherlands. Okay. So in Europe you don't have tires uh, on on the highway, you never see that. Uh, I yeah, there's all sorts of things on the roads here. here. There's quite a bit, yeah. I was just in Portugal with my wife over the holidays and um, had never been, but I was blown away at how nicely they kept the highway system there and how well paved it was there was no debris anywhere yeah wide wide lanes i was I, and i was shocked i was yeah. quite honestly i was like because we had a rental car the whole time we were there because we were yeah. hopping from we went to three different hotels when we were over there and it was such a pleasure to drive over there yeah. it was easy yeah. to navigate yeah And I'm still puzzled by why there are so many... Well, first of all, they don't clean the highways here. The range... The range uh, how do you call these people? The range... The road ra ranger? Yeah. They will come to take the tire off the highway, but he then just drops it on the shoulder. Look at all the trash right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't clean that. And the other thing, you know, I live in Atlanta and the same is the same thing in Atlanta. You've got trash everywhere and then lo and behold, you get a big storm come through and the storm drains are all clogged up because all the trash, they don't yeah. ever clean the highway. And then you get these massive, big, almost lakes on the highway. Yeah. And duh, you're going to have a major wreck because somebody's yeah. going to hydroplane because the storm drain's not cleared out. It's not moving the water. So somebody's doing, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour and hits a, a sudden rainstorm and then puddles up and you have somebody. So my, my hunch is that it's the reflectors on the road that is causing all the the blown tires. But I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I tried looking it up on the internet, but there's no research. That I could find. Well, it's also uh, debris on the road, you know, it's the roads are clean, yeah. so you get, you know, people riding with bad tires. Oh, yeah, in Florida, there's no requirement, I believe, right. to test your car every year with a garage or something. I don't think there's such we a We do, in Georgia, they do emissions tests, but they're not checking the safety of your car or whether you're. You know, oh, but that's only emissions left on your tires. Yeah. Like in my country, in the Netherlands, you have to once a year have your car completely checked. They check the tires, okay, the engine, yeah, the emissions, and then uh, if you don't get a sticker, you cannot drive, or you get a ticket. I wish they would do that here. Uh, I think that, yeah, especially for tires, that would be a good thing, right? You would think that they would, you know, have a mandatory. Check millimeter on. check on your tires. Right. Yeah, that's but, one uh, thing I don't... When my tires get in the range, I'm just replacing them. I'm not going to mess around with that.
Oh yeah, as soon as the dealer. But the funny thing is, so some sometimes there's just kids working at the dealership, and they they don't know their millimeters uh, very well either. Right. Sometimes, like I've had moments where the dealership would say, "Oh yeah, your tires are fine." I'm saying, "What are you? What are you talking about? We got one millimeter." Right. I'm almost like, "Hey, so there's a." Let me tell you how to get into this location. There was an email that went out, and I want to read this to you. Okay. It says, GPS often takes people to Collier or Plater Road, All right. and that's the back gate and member-only entrance. You must turn on... Immokley? Immokley, yeah, yeah. Road. All right, we're on Immokley, so okay. I'll take it from there. Okay. Sort of All thing. right. I yeah. just wanted. I didn't know which way we were coming mm -hmm. in. So, so where I'm driving you now, is that the hotel or is that? No, it's somebody's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A friend's house or something. Yeah. yeah, it's it's actually. I think it's Mickey Williams's house. The lady was telling you about the speaker lady. Oh, okay. Nice. So your wife is actually befriended to Williams, or? So my wife is works for. A guy named Sean Bradley, who is a, uh, he's with a company called Vistage. Mm -hmm. Vistage is basically um, a group of former CEOs or uh, business owners that probably are retired. Mm -hmm. And they uh, coach other CEOs in groups. So uh -huh. they'll get... You know, in a group, he, so for instance, Sean has, I think, two or three groups. Um, and his groups consist of about 15 CEOs per group. Okay. And they get together once a month. And then he does one-on-ones with them. But he's more like a coach. So yeah. if you think about a CEO, he's kind of a guy on an island, right? Mm -hmm. He's out there running a big company by himself. Um, and he's got really nobody else to bounce issues off of. Or That's true, right? Circumstances where he might need some help with something, making a decision. Wasn't well, the board also for to to be a? Uh, you have place. that too, but but then again, you also don't want to look like that uh, you're a doubtful person in front of the board, right? So this is a little bit different, and so they bring speakers in all the time and they have topics they talk about situations that have come up where you know they're great decisions or disastrous decisions and they mm -hmm. talk about you know it's information gathering and they'll have q and a's about what you're doing with your business to try to help you through an issue mm -hmm. and so it's bringing groups together like that so she works for sean bradley as his executive assistant so she sees a lot of these speakers and nice um, she thought this one doing this course would be good for me it's not cheap so hopefully I get something out of it well I, I hope it's gonna be worth it for you yeah I think so but, uh, usually is right they can ask a price for what it's worth so hey, if it's expensive it's an investment in my yeah. It's an investment in my business. I look at it like uh, yeah. like anything I would do that would help maybe help drive business or 
make me more comfortable in front of a big group of people and talking about. Yeah, more importantly, the, does your story convene with your public? Does it right. reach your public? Right? Yeah. I think that that's the goal is that uh, you you want to convene an, uh, some information uh, to yeah, yeah. the public and what is the best way of doing that it's so interesting I wish I uh, well maybe one day you never know so in my business sometimes I get what I call the five minute elevator speech oh how does that with help? somebody you know um whether it's a claimant that's injured or their representative attorney or someone with them, the guardian ad litem, and you've got like a short window of opportunity to talk to them. Uh -huh. And, you know, I've got a little five minute, five minute, you know, go to speech, but, you know, I could always improve any, you know, any of that. Mm -hmm. So that, that may help me as well because you getting an opportunity to talk to somebody to show them you can help them is key right yeah man didn't I get you before I think yeah eh? remember me <laughs> appreciate it all right thanks a lot Oh, you've been in here before. Yeah, today by accident. You were here today? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah, the, the, the funny thing though is that that often happens that you don't come into a certain place for many months and then you come in the same place two or three times the same day. That's, yeah. And that, that often happens, not often, but that sometimes happens. But it happens enough that it's noticeable. Okay. that there is no such thing as uh, it reminds me always that there is no such thing as coincidence right that does not exist we think it, it it's a coincidence but it's not and uh, once I had a lady in the car and she said it is because life is for you life does not happen to you life is for you yeah. and that is such an interesting way of looking at things and then, especially when, like, oh, what a coincidence. And as right. soon as you say that, pay more attention to what is happening. Because that was not a coincidence, that is for you. And then there is a message in there or there's a, something happening in, at that moment. Yeah. This is a beautiful place, by the way. Look at that. It is a pretty cool spot. It's yep. a big golf community here, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Naples is full of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gated community. Yeah. Gated communities. This is really a retirement town. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Maybe I'll see you in about uh, ten years or so. Yeah. <laughs> that's about my. That's oh, you're, about my goal. You're in Georgia. I understand that correct? Yeah. I uh I have a place in the North Carolina mountains, which is my getaway spot. Oh wow! Nice. And so I. I like to do a little cycling up there. And nice. I like Florida, but I don't know if I can live in Florida. I love fishing. I come down here and fish a good bit. Like oh, I'll be yeah. down here next month in a fishing tournament. Sure. A fishing tournament, even. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so we do two or three of those a year. That's about enough for me. But I would fish every day if I had the opportunity. So fishing tournament, that goes like you going on a boat out on sea or is it for the, for the big fish or is no, it? No, it's, uh, it's called a triple slam. So you, you go out uh, on a boat with a captain because obviously I don't have a boat down here. So it's, uh, there's probably about 30 or 40 boats that go out and you're inshore. So we're fishing for snook. Oh, yeah. Trout mm -hmm. and redfish, and that's the triple slam. So you've got to get, um, you know, the biggest redfish, the biggest snook, and the most trout. Uh huh. And then the winner takes the prize. I never win, but <laughs> one day you will. And we throw the. I think you're allowed to keep we don't keep anything we just throw it you know it's catch and release but we take right. pictures and measure the fish and then put them over when you want to uh, sometimes i uh, want to keep them and uh eat them you want to keep them and eat them but we don't but you're not allowed maybe. well i guess you could there's a limit you could take them but right. what am i going to do with them you know mm -hmm. i'd rather throw them back and let the next guy catch them yeah if you don't want to eat it, then then there's no use uh, keeping it. I agree. I do some I do some meat fishing about once or twice a year, and I'll go down to the Keys and catch a bunch of uh, yellowtail, snapper, take a wow. few grouper, and I'll bring them back and freeze them and bring them back and keep them. The freeze them? Yeah, I do a couple of fish fries a year. No, go to the Keys. You're living the life, man. <laughs> I like going down to the yeah. Keys. Yeah. Uh, especially when you love fishing, those are the places yeah. to go to, for sure. But you're saying that also in Georgia you have a good place to fish? Nah. Oh, no. No good oh, fishing I thought you in said Georgia. That. Oh, I don't okay. fish in Georgia. You don't? Okay. I grew up fishing in South Carolina on the coast, though. That's kind of where I learned to fish. Oh yeah, but that's how that got started. Like, you would you go fishing with your dad or? Yeah, my well, my dad would go, but my my ex brother in law and his family fished a lot. And mm -hmm. I grew up doing some inshore in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. So nice. We'd go offshore, you know, five or six times a summer. Nice. Well, Mr. Mike, it was nice talking to you. Yep. It was nice talking to you. Nice Very, talking uh, to you. Up. Thank you. Appreciate the conversation. Yep, I did too. 95. Must be this one. Yes, this is it. Huh? Yep, this is it. Enjoy the evening, and uh, good luck with the uh, speaking. I appreciate course. it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. thank you. All right. Stay safe out there. Thanks a lot. Bye, buddy. I will. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Got it? Yeah, looks good.